The mysterious disappearance of a 30-year-old mother has captivated residents of central Pennsylvania for over three decades. With potential connections to other unsolved crimes, a history of allegations made by local residents, and no new information from the Attorney General's office since they took over the case in 2018, small-town theories, conspiracies, and suspicions continue to run rampant today. This is the cold case of Barbara Miller. About last night, a true crime podcast. Welcome to the first episode of About Last Night. I'm your host, Anna Wiest, an advocate for justice, with Francis Scarcella, who is an award-winning journalist with The Daily Item, a seven-day-a-week daily newspaper in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Francis has covered major crime cases worldwide, including every inch of this story. Francis, tell us how you became so involved in this case. Well, as a reporter, you start to hear various things, you know, as you're out and about in in the areas that you're covering. And the one name that kept popping up was the name of Barbara Miller. And people would come up to me and say, you need to do a story uh, on Barbara Miller, Barbara Miller, Barbara Miller. So I got to thinking and I was like, I got to look this up because it's such a common name. And, you know, obviously I've never heard of it. So I looked it up and I found a couple things here and there, more so towards the, you know, uh, 2007, 2008 area, there was a a spike and then it kind of just died out. So it really piqued my interest. And uh, I started to do some tracing back to any local ties that were here. Uh, I found Barbara Miller's mother was uh, in a town not too far from Sunbury. I found relatives and I started to make uh, reach out and see if anybody would like to sit down and just have a conversation, not necessarily do any kind of uh, stories or articles, but I wanted to have a conversation. Barbara Miller was well loved by her friends and family. Lynn Miller, who is now married to Barb's ex-husband, knew Barb since she was a kid. Lynn described Barb as a good girl. Barb was working at National Beef, a meatpacking plant in central Pennsylvania that employed many residents of the greater Susquehanna Valley during this time and to this day. Barb was known as being a good mother to her son, Eddie. Lynn said that Barb considered everyone she met to be a friend. She also said that Barb was somewhat naive and couldn't always see the bad in people. Lynn suggested that this was part of the problem. Barb spent a lot of time with her group of friends. She was also seen walking the streets of Sunbury and talking to those she considered friends. In the 80s, Center Sunbury was full of small businesses, including shops and restaurants, providing many opportunities for residents to browse the area. Barb Miller was a woman with a loving family, a good job, and some trustworthy friends. Lynn said that Barb packed a lot of life into a short period of time. Let's start from the beginning. Tell us what you learned about like who Barb Miller was as a person. So uh, the initial conversation I had was with Lynn Miller, which uh, was a relative of Barb. And she told me, I mean, she was very teary eyed, broken down. Uh, she was very appreciative, too, that somebody was actually just wanted to sit and talk. And she had told me, you know, Barb Miller was one of the sweetest 
people that you would ever run across. Barb Miller would stop and talk to you on the street. Barb Miller never had anything bad to say. She would wave. She, I, you know, uh, she would help people across the street. She was just often seen in her hometown of Sunbury and, you know, going up and down the, the streets, regular back in the 80s, shopping at, you know, the local, you know, uh, CVSs and, and stores like that. June 30th, 1989 was the last time anyone would ever see Barbara Miller. She would leave behind a 14-year-old son and a town full of questions. So what happened on the day that she went missing? June 30th, 1989, what went down? So I guess that's where the, the whole process begins because right. uh, no one knows what happened on June 30th. The theories, uh, which there are several, but the one that kept remaining uh, to be consistent throughout various uh, court documents that I was able to uh, review say that she had gone to a wedding. She wanted to go to a wedding of her best friend, Lori Wands, who I also had a, a conversation with uh, throughout this reporting process. And she went to the wedding and she returned home to Sunbury from Mifflinburg, which is about 20, 25 minutes. She comes home. And when she gets home, she decides that she is going to go to a weekend motorcycle rally somewhere. And that's the theory is she got into a car and never returned. Now, that theory came from uh, a witness who was her uh, estranged ex-boyfriend, which was a Sunbury police detective at one at at one time. Uh, and he had said that, you know, this is what happened. She went away and, and you know, and she, it's not like she was not known to she loved music. And so it's not like she wasn't known to do that. Uh, but that was on June 30th, and she wasn't reported missing until, obviously, you know the rest. Now, you've been reporting on this case for a long time. I've I've heard about this case for, like, almost as long as I can remember. How widely believed is that specific theory that she picked up and left for a motorcycle rally? It's not. I mean, there's people that say that that didn't happen, that she was murdered, that uh, they got rid of her body, and it was never to be found again. Yeah, that theory is believed by... Very, very few in our community. What is the more widely believed theory? The more widely believed theory is that she was murdered and and the body was disposed of, and and that's right. I mean, that's what you know. That's that makes a good story, uh, and that's you know you have to remember too that you're talking about in the in the eighties. You're in a sleepy town. With with the residents who know everybody in the town, uh, there's not many families that weren't linked together. So one starts and it's and it's like a snowball effect. And then before you know it, I mean, there was Barb Miller was everywhere in the country. According to my research from published reports, including that of the Daily Items, on the day she went missing, Miller attended the wedding of her best friend Lori Wands. As previously mentioned, Barb spent a lot of time with her friends. After the wedding, Miller went home to change clothes and had made plans to meet friends at a bar in Milton, Pennsylvania, about 19 miles from her home in Sunbury. Barbara Miller never made it to the bar in Milton. So as you were like learning about it, what, what were people saying? Not only about the time, but at the time that it actually happened. Like, what was the story? That she was murdered. 
I mean, there was no doubt in my mind. Everybody believed that she was murdered. Everybody that I talked to said she was murdered. Wow. She was murdered. And uh, so then when I went to police, police had files that were literally buried away. I mean, you're talking, you know, uh, uh, nearly 30 years ago. So these files were buried away. Right. A lot of those same officers that were in departments now were were kids. I mean, so they would have no you know, be none the wiser to the situation. So I did get to talk to some of the old timers that were uh, involved in the case. And a lot of them said, we don't know. We don't know. The theory was she was murdered, but we don't know. Uh, all credit card activity was, was no more. There was no bank records. There was no nothing. So to pick up and just go away and have no ties. I mean, that's something you would see out of witness protection. Right. Is is Barbara Miller and witness protection came through my mind. And then it was in the 80s and there was a lot of uh, La Cosa Nostra, which uh, was going on all over. So who knew, you know, mm -hmm. who knows? And that was a theory that I originally came up with and thought about as well. Chris Reese is not your average insurance agent. He's your neighbor. He's a coach for your child's sports team. He is the loyal customer of your local small business. Chris Reese is an insurance agent who wants to support you as well as your community. He wants to help protect you from the risks of everyday life while also helping you realize your dreams. Offering personal and small business insurance as well as financial services, Chris Reese, State Farm Insurance Agent. For more information, call 570-495-495. 4556 or email chris at sunburyinsurance.com. Miller's then estranged ex-boyfriend, Mike Egan, a former Sunbury detective within the small police force, reported her missing five days later, on July 5th, 1989. Egan claimed to have nothing to do with Miller's disappearance. He contends that notion to this day. Mike Egan has never been charged in this case and has only been considered a suspect, one of several, by law enforcement through the years. According to published reports, Mike Egan told police that he had last seen Miller on the night she returned home from the wedding and that she had left with two men to go to a motorcycle rally. Now, how long was it until she was reported missing? If she supposedly left for this motorcycle rally, how long was it till she report, was reported missing? A couple days. Uh, so July 5th, I believe, was the exact day that she was reported missing. So you're talking a couple days later. And, and again, people will say, well, you waited, you waited. However, if somebody said they were going away and they were going to a music concert, they'll be back in uh, two days. Whether you agreed with it, liked it or not, it's not like you're going to call the police in those two days and do it. Now, when it gets to the third day and you didn't hear anything and even the third day at night and you didn't hear anything and then you get into the fourth day and you still don't report it and you're not making any progress with it and there's a young child at home, it starts getting a little suspicious. I mean, it's, you know, why wait? Barb's son, Eddie Miller Jr., told police that when he went downstairs on the morning of July 1st, the morning after anyone had last seen his mother, he noticed that there was a picture missing from the wall and that others were crooked. He also said the couch had been slightly moved. Eddie told police that he had heard his mother 
and her ex-boyfriend, Mike Egan, fighting hours before she disappeared. The police talked to Barb's son, according to some stuff that I have read, and he noticed like some various things that were kind of a little off the next morning when he went downstairs. What do you have to say about that report? He was eight. I mean, do you remember, you know, at, you know, would you remember that a couch was moved or a painting was sideways? I mean, he was eight. Of course, I believe, I mean, he told them what he knew at the time. Uh, he, there was reports out there that he also witnessed, witnessed his mom when he opened uh, a curtain and saw her get into a car. And then later on was able to say, well, I'm not 100%. I mean, you were eight years old. Uh, I, it's really, and you're talking eight years old, you're talking in the eighties, you're talking police work was a lot different then than it is now. This case had so many issues right from the get-go and, and it didn't have the science or the technology behind it at the time. So yes, it, I mean, that's what he said. So you have to believe, but he was also eight years old. A local newspaper article dated November 1989 quoted Barbara's mother, Martha Stump, regarding her daughter's disappearance. Martha explained that something bad must have happened to her daughter. She could not imagine Barb leaving her family, especially her son, without any communication. Other relatives and friends also indicated that Barb seemed to be doing well in Sunbury and was enjoying her job. They did not think she would leave, according to her own will. One of the very few newspaper articles that was released during this time that talked about the case, it quoted Barb's mother specifically, but her friends and family basically saying that there was no reason that she would just pick up and leave on her own. Do you believe that? Have you come across a lot of things that like suggested that type of statement? I mean, that's coming from her mother. I mean, who's, you know, your mother's going to tell you the truth. But my understanding was that she did have a love for music. And uh, I mean, who doesn't? So if there was a some sort of festival nearby or wherever it might have been, uh, who knows if that's the case or it's not the case. We don't know that. Yeah, but who just picks up and leaves for a music, for a music festival without telling anyone other than her ex-boyfriend? And that goes and back. And never comes back. And that goes back to the same to the same small town theory that that's she didn't that she did not go to that the problem that you have is i understand those theories and i get them all but you just don't know and i've stated this on several occasions where uh, people have asked me and the people that know are around it's the community that's out there and for they always say one person can keep a secret forever. Not so much with two. And when you get past two, it's coming out. In this case, it's never come out. And it's it's the most mind-boggling thing you would ever imagine because no one talks. Do they talk because they didn't want to talk? Do they do they talk because they don't know? Or are those involved deceased? And in various reports, uh, police reports that I've reviewed, one of the suspects is deceased.
The America's Hose Company has been serving Sunbury and the surrounding community since 1893. Today, they respond to emergencies with multiple ambulance crews and a tower within the Sunbury Fire Department. Their social club is a hot spot for many Sunbury locals looking for a relaxed environment and a home-cooked meal after a long day on the job. Their menu offers the classics along with a new special every day at an affordable price for the whole family. Come and enjoy yourself for good food, good drinks, and good friends. During their initial investigation, police reported that they did not suspect foul play. Despite Barb's family desperately claiming that she would not leave on her own, and also despite the various reports Barb had previously made to the police that suggested she had reason to fear Mike Egan. It wasn't until a year later, in 1990, that police suspected Miller may have been murdered. According to like what I've read, the police didn't suspect foul play. Is this accurate? The original reports were just were just that she was missing, and no, I believe from day one in the original report, after after the initial report, there would have been a subsequent report, and that had stated that it was suspicious disappearance. According to what I read, police really started to suspect, suspect foul play in 1990. Do you know if like anything specific happened at that time, or had it just gone on so long they were like, okay? Like, something's up. She didn't just run away. Well, yeah. I mean, at that point, you're talking almost a year later, and there's no activity, no nothing. So it's just an automatic. It's Right. I, you don't really need to have a specific incident to cause that to be mm -hmm. suspicious. It's a person that's gone for a year and no activity. Right. So then 13 years of investigations go by, and there's nothing. Nothing comes out of any of them. Do you know, like, what anything specific that's going on in this time period, like, what they were doing to try to find her? Until, I mean, in 2002, she's declared dead. So what goes that's on? a long time later. In the, in the meantime, I, 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 there's various reports of, of things that when it would pop up, it would pop up. But you're talking, again, you're not dealing with an FBI and you're not dealing with you know, a uh, uh, state attorney general's office who has a lot of agents. You're talking about a local police department that probably at the time had four or five people. And how much dedication went into that case? I mean, honestly, think about it. You're working your shift. And you can, can a police department back in the 80s afford to put two people on a case that long? So I'm going to say by fault of no one, probably not much. Mm -hmm. And if you got a tip, I would imagine that they followed up. But other than that, Probably not much. After 13 years of investigations that led nowhere, Barbara Miller was declared dead in 2002. Is there like something specific that causes the courts to officially declare her dead in 2002? Or is that just a look, this has gone on for so long? She's probably so no longer alive. So there's a couple couple things with that. Number one is there's financial uh, situations. There's estates. Even if you don't have anything, you're still you still have an estate. Uh, there, there's a lot of uh, loose ends that need to be tied up one way or another. So you can't they, legally you have to make a decision on what you want to do at this point. And I think it was more of a legal uh, situation to to have her declared dead at that point. Are there other like opportunities? for the investigation that become available after someone is declared dead? Is there, are there like new avenues that they can take? 
Yes and no. I mean, there's always new avenues because the case is never closed and it's not closed to this day. The problem is, is that once that happens, then you really become stagnant. Then you're stagnant water. Then you just float. So then you take that box of all that evidence that's in there and everything you have and you take it and you put it on the shelf and then it sits there. And day one goes by, day two goes by, day three goes by, year one goes by, year two goes by, and then year three goes by. And before you know it, you're in the 10 years. In this case, it took, what, six years before there was a, another uh, significant break in the case or mm -hmm. so they thought? Six years. Right. And if it didn't come from a tip, it could have been 20 years. Oh, I know we're going to get like specifically into the various suspects in the next episode, but to kind of leave us off on this first episode, I want you to give your, what you think happened to Barb Miller to lead us into the rest of this season into the rest of this case. What do you think happened? I would love to give you an answer on what I think happened. I would <laughs> love to. Everybody asked me, what do you think? What do you think? I'm with the rest of the world. I don't know. But if you had to lean... Like, one way or the other. You've done so much research and so so much reporting on this. You know more than, like, anybody in this town other than the police. You're probably right on that. Here's the thing that I have to say. As a reporter, you should never come up with any kind of conclusions because we don't know. So I trust the jury. So when a jury says, you're innocent, then my reporting says, you're innocent because that's the that's the law of the land. If a jury says you're guilty, then you're guilty. That's the law of the land. So I can't give you a determination, and I know you want one because everybody asks me. I wish I can tell you. I can tell you that I've read various uh, police reports that, that lean all different directions. This is uh, what I'm going to get into a lot throughout this is I've always said it is, is it's a puzzle. It's the, it's a Lego set and there's a billion pieces. And over the course of time, you're trying to match one Lego to another. And sometimes they just don't fit. So when you think you have a part put together, you might have to take that apart because it, you did it wrong. So I wish I could give you an answer to that. And I know everybody wants one, but I just don't know. But the question remains, what happened to Barbara Miller? Did she really leave for a motorcycle rally and never make it back home? Or was her ex-boyfriend the last person to see her alive? Thank you for listening to the first episode of About Last Night. Be sure to join us again next week when we will dig into the potential suspects in the Barbara Miller cold case. Produced by Harv Productions, LLC.